Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hi, Emily. I'm Carly. <laughs> you didn't say hi first, so I took a drink. And then yeah. I said hi. Pass. Shouldn't have taken a drink. He's Sean. <laughs> I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. <laughs> Normally we pick movies that are a little underappreciated. Maybe not everybody's seen them. Maybe not everybody's like like sand living. But <laughs> this month is different. Because it's... We're still picking movies that we think are underappreciated. But Man. they're all in a lane genre. <laughs> That's true. They're picking movies they wish I would pick for the podcast. Oh, is that what we're doing? Or would hope I... Well, that's kind of how we started the birthday month, but it's I, really just evolved into... What did I pick for your birthday? Movies we like that are Venom. in your Venom. 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 <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Yes, I did. Venom. Tony Venom. was listening to it one day. This week, I came home, and he's like, you won't believe what I'm listening to. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was doing just laundry. Just the song? He's like, Elaine's going to make me like this song. He <laughs> <laughs> just so hasn't it. come out yet. <laughs> you just put the song I was listen- I was doing laundry, and I had the fucking song playing, and I'm like, God damn it. I said, God damn it, John and Elaine, I like this song now. It's good. <laughs> I just it's kept a- playing it. It's a good one. Go get them. <laughs> Some songs are just really good crafted masterpieces, and right. some songs are pop earworms that just make you happy. You know what's a really Venom good song? Venom is a pop earworm. Yeah. You know what's really good? is mm-hmm. row, row, row your boat. That's the second time it's appeared on the podcast, by the way. Um, when was the first Hackers. Time? In Hackers. Oh, the I Da Vinci virus yes. was singing row, row, row your boat. Well, this movie... <laughs> Is not the only other movie What appears. movie is it? This week on the podcast is Tony's gave, pick. What is it? I gave Elaine a few movies to pick from for her birthday. What were the options? Tell everybody what the options were. I don't even know if I wrote that down. I mean, you had them written down at some point. But is this the same notebook? Because we know he's got... Probably not. We know he's got Tony has 50 like six notebooks. oodles of notebooks. He happens to leave... All right, but don't worry about that. We're I found skip one over in that. my car uh, this morning. I think it's the one he used then. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I remember the time machine was on there. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. There was a few. It was like five of them. But anyway, she picks this. She picked this one. Star Trek Five. The Final, Final Frontier. Frontier. He went through the Star Treks and figured out which ones he could pick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's this Hold one because I would not have wanted to watch a Voyage Home. Remember this joke? <laughs> the whales is done. Blaine, you remember the joke? How many ears does Spock have? Two. Three. His left ear, his right ear, and his Final Frontier. Mm. Oof. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of terrible, so this movie has <laughs> a 21% Rotten Tomatoes score. Mm-hmm. Audience, though, 24. Wow. Ooh. Audience is like, nah, is that look, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you, uh, you know, usually we thought we do movies that have a, like around in the 20 or 30 Rotten Tomatoes, and it's like, I don't think that score is right. But... <laughs> that could be. This actually that might seems be more realistic. <laughs> Didn't Venom get twenty percent? Yeah, I don't remember. I think yeah, I Venom think was so. twenty, so this is supposed to be one percent better, better than Venom. Yeah, according know. to critics. <laughs> I don't know about that, Chief? Oh yeah, well I don't know about that, but I know I'm one hundred percent on. Um, 
that this, uh, no, excuse me, I'm 100% the critics are full of shit. <laughs> well, that, well, that's true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Somebody posted on Facebook the other day, they were looking at a movie, and they're like, and then I checked the Rotten Tomato score, and it was a 47, so I knew it was garbage, and I just wanted to, like, post, Rotten Tomato scores are garbage. Yeah. And my question is, they who are these people making these scores of Rotten Tomatoes, and why do like, we give a shit? Why you, do we, <laughs> I really yeah. want to kind of, are you actually basing what movies you see based on Rotten Tomatoes? Because it's wrong all the time. <laughs> Can we start a all website and... I mean, we could. <laughs> and just but the problem is, you let people go on there, and it's always going to be, yeah, you know, if you take other people's reviews into account, there's always going to be people that you're like, why are they all we read as bad, or why are they we all talk us about good? reviews on this <laughs> podcast, and they are also weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, so the budget for this movie was twenty-seven point eight million dollars, mm-hmm. and it made fifty-two point two million dollars. I wouldn't even know if that made money back. No. Probably well, he doubled its budget. Yes, but you you always seem to forget that the movie theaters want a little piece of that, so they can stay open. You know, pay the lights and stuff. I don't know if there was any like Burger King tie-ins for this one or not. Yeah. sometimes there are. No, but these kind of movies that more or less advertise for themselves. The same with like Star Trek. You just have to say I'm making or yeah. Star Wars. So hey, you guess just have what? To say, they don't have to do yeah. a ton of. They don't need the full court press and everything and all these commercials, but still. About half the money goes to the theaters. That way, that they stay open. They well, can pay the guy who gets the tickets. It was eighty nine money. That's a lot of money in eighty nine. It was not bad. It was a bit of a. It's lot. Batman money. It, well, it wasn't Batman money. No, Batman in eighty nine made a shit. No, of I money. just meant that. I think it made all the money. Yeah, <laughs> that's a joke about Batman eighty yeah, so no matter what happened, how great this Star Trek movie was, it was not the best movie of 89 because Batman it came out that year. Well, they said in the trivia, they were saying that this movie came out, it was the same year that Batman came out, Ghostbusters 2, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, I was think. It? and sure, um, Yeah, it was 2. And what was the other one? Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade and Ghostbusters they were like, 2. Or we didn't have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's a lot of movies came out this year. They were just laying it up like, yeah, fuck so. it. We're going to go for top 10. But uh, this movie was directed by William Shatner. Mm-hmm. Oh, that explains a lot. It was, ri- <laughs> <laughs> it was written by William Shatner. In the first five minutes of the movie, I said, who directed this movie? Because I knew he did some of them. And he said that. I said, well, that explains it. <laughs> uh, it's written by William Shatner and uh, Harv Bennett. Harv Bennett has written a bunch of Star Trek. He didn't want to write any more Star Trek, but William Shatner kind of made him write this one with him. And then uh, the screenplay with, was done by David Lowry. Lowry. He did Passenger 57, Money Train, and Three Musketeers. The Those were all good one. movies. Which Three Musketeers? Uh, not yours. The, the Disney one? one? That one is so good. Right. Why haven't we done that for that for my birthday? You should pick that for your birthday. You haven't figured that, it out yet? I think, I think that one's I have an ever-changing list of four movies that keeps changing. <laughs> if that's on the list, I pick that. He's so good. Come, D'Artagnan, we're saving, saving the, the king. king. God, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, the hardest part of that is going to be which one of Oliver Platt's lines is the best. Oh, man. I was taking care of something ugly. All right. Well, we may do it in the future, so let's not talk too much about it now. That's one of those movies, John, and I can just quote back and forth. It's another one I don't think I've ever seen. You're missing out. You should just see it. My favorite scene may be The Manly Art of Wenching. So it's, this movie, unsurprisingly, is starring William Shatner, Leonard <laughs> Nimoy, Deep Force Kelly, James Doohan. I mean, we can go on and on. Hey, what were all they before? George Takai did not want to come back because him and William Shatner did not get along. Oh, nope. But my. William Shatner convinced him to come back, and he said that he really enjoyed William Shatner as a yeah, director, he did. which was that. kind of funny. 
So I got some reviews. Mm-hmm. Two, in fact. Was one of them written by William Shatner? Uh, surprisingly, no. <laughs> one is written by Saint Cheadle. Mm-hmm. He says Saint Cheadle, Cheadle, like Don Cheadle. I don't yeah. know. So fun, one of my favorites. Seriously, why all the hate? This is such a fun, adventurous, and highly humorous Star Trek movie. I mean, humorous in the best way. <laughs> Boldly goes where predecessor Trek films have not gone, yet still holds all the warmth and humor and rich character development. True Star Trek fans should all hold dear. It's a long sentence. And find comfortably familiar. Sure, there are some slightly goofy moments, but overall, I like it just as much as the rest. Woo! I did not, I did not enjoy that run-on sentence. No. Gave it a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. The other one. If I ever find God's planet, I will ask him to erase this film. Tim Bohannon. I'm sure there are worse films in 1989, but I was not surprised to learn Star Trek 5 won three Razzie Awards. No show, no episode, and no movie in Star Trek canon stinks more than this film. Wow. I wonder what Gene Roddenberry would have thought of this script. Really? This is the worst one? He liked that Voyage Home one better. (laughs) And welcome back to the podcast of God Planet. True. From Mm -hmm. Guards of the Galaxy 2, where Ego was a planet. Mm -hmm. Very true. So evidently, if you see a planet and it's a god, it's usually a bad thing. Yes. Yes. What did you think going in, Carly? I thought... Crap, what did I think? <laughs> I yeah, think I've it seen down. it. I think I've seen it, but honestly, if it's not the second one or the third one or one of the new ones, they all kind of run together. <laughs> so we'll see. Hey, you, John. Is this the one with the whales? That's, no. what, I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's not, yeah. That's four? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. 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 Like, we the talked whales. about it before. It's <laughs> know, terrible. Right? It's so bad. Yeah, this and this was fucking gold, man. It's the Godfather, then this. I thought I like this movie. I also because you said it won some Razzies, I had to look it up. So the Razzies it won were worst picture, worst actor William Shatner, wow. worst director William Shatner, wow. and then it was nominated for worst supporting actor for DeForest Kelly. Oof, but he did not win. Who? Which one of them is that? Bones. 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 My. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. What'd you think going in? Lane like bones. Right. I was happy. I was. Ha- I hadn't seen it in a really long time, but I was happy to watch it again. It's not one that shows a lo- uh, up a lot in my rotation either. So, no, it's the original no. Rathacon, and then it's Undiscovered Country, and uh, the Borg one. Generations. That. No, that's not Generations. First Contact. No, why is Generations not in there? It's got fucking Jean Luc Picard in it. That one's okay. I watch that every once in a while. With the Nexus. And Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. That's not bad. They're all pretty okay. Even Nemesis is fine. <laughs> Tony made a face. I said it was fine. I didn't say it was good. I said even Nemesis is fine. So, this movie starts out, there's a man digging or mining in a desert, and a strange figure approaches on a horse. Once in range, the miner grabs his rifle, levels it at the stranger, but the stranger asks him, why do you want to shoot me? And then he doesn't have an answer for him, and the stranger asks about his pain. Then he uses some telepathy or something and apparently lifts the man's pain from him. The miner's extremely happy and thankful, and he asks, how can you repay the stranger? And he says, well, join my quest. He's on a quest to find something, but he'll need a starship. Then he pulls down his cloak to reveal... (gasps) He's a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And then they laugh. 
I was like, which reminds, like, what is the joke here? I don't get it. And Tony was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> Two things about this opening sequence. One, it really reminds me of Moses and the Ten Commandments, just from the, like, the music mm-hmm. and the desert and the way the shadowy figure is revealed. It just really reminds me of Charlton Heston and, as Moses and the Ten Commandments. And then when they l- start laughing for no reason, it makes me think of Highlander when Sean Connery goes, we are brothers! <laughs> and <starts> laughing. <laughs> like, really? that's the level of laughter they had. It, no, it He's like, you're a Vulcan! And then they start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, weird. Movie, I was like, I don't get it, Tony. He was like... This is movie laughter. (laughs) I was sent by he who was called I am. Ooh. Worked for Moses. So then we cut from Dogma. We cut to Yosemite National Park, star date 845.1. That does something for somebody. Mm. Why is there a point one? I don't know. Maybe because it's January. And we watched Kirk climb a rock for a long time. And that's when I said, did he direct this movie? (laughs) (laughs) And And you could tell he clearly did not climb that rock. Well, no, he's 60 <laughs> in, the, in this movie. Because on the close-ups, he's, like, moving his arms where he's doing like that. Look, I can climb without yeah. actually holding Side on. Side note, why doesn't he have gear? I was like, what is he doing? Well, because he's free climbing. Yeah, free but the greatest okay. free climbing in movie intro of all time is Mission Impossible 2. Right. <laughs> Just watch that sequence. Which it's is great. followed by Aliens vs. Predator. No, which is followed by... Which wasn't really free climbing. But that's not free climbing. Not ex- ex- but if we're doing best ice climbing... That had to have been cliffhanger, right? Was Maybe. Cliffhanger ice but climbing? That, I don't know. I was a little bit of both. Making but a joke. Expendables 3 had a really good free uh, free rock climbing, but it wasn't the opener. It was like right at the, it was getting the team together. Yeah. This the guy looks at the rock and he goes, you don't know this, but you want me on you. And then jumps onto the rock. Vertical Limit had some really good ice climbing. Vertical yeah, Limit. but the problem is you have to watch Vertical Limit to see it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like Captain James Tiberius. No one likes that. <laughs> Tiberius after the Tiberius Kirk is emperor free climbing a huge mountain or at least the stunt double is under their feet below Dr. McCoy watches nervously with I assume binoculars Kirk's peaceful climb is interrupted by Mr. Spock in his thruster boots he flies up to see how Kirk is doing and because he's curious why the hell are you climbing this rock no records will be broken today Kirk replies he enjoys it you climb a mountain because it's there Spock continues to distract Kirk until finally Kirk slips and falls, but Spock swoops down with his uh, super boots and catches him. We cut to a small town on that planet. The planet's called Nimbus 3. The hooded figure walks into Star Trek's version of Moss Eisley, complete with three-boobed cat lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, The figure moves to the back room, Enters and reveal, and this time reveals herself to be a Romulan with the weirdest haircut. What the fuck is with this haircut? <laughs> said, her hair looks like a dildo, and Tony said she has penis hair. Well, it's I not hate when you just wake her up too. With penis hair, yeah. <laughs> because later on, the Klingon lady also has a very similar haircut. But hers is not as exciting. What was it her, about? Yeah, hers is sticking up. Hers is more like a handle. This that now I have inappropriate thoughts. <laughs> I was going to say, what was it about the star date where this was a, a fashion choice throughout oh, the galaxy? It was a poor one, and hopefully it was just a and fad that went away quickly. I'm upset that no one in the movie said, take her hair and go fuck yourself with it. Ouch. Mm-hmm. They don't swear. Sit in the on. Movie. Take her hair and go boink yourself with it. They, mm. Yeah, they don't swear. Or do sexual Because it's PG-13? I don't know. They don't really swear in Star Trek. Rarely. Because in, only well, here on Bones Earth. Bones does. That's true. Every other word out of his mouth only is, bones. God damn it. Damn That's it, true. Damn it, Scott's fine. <laughs> what the hell? But, uh... 
but it, know, cursing but is it, really about um, it's perception because a lot of words that you'd say nowadays were curse words back then. Remember, gone with the wind. I don't give a damn. That was a big thing. He said, "Damn." Damn is still a big thing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's still considered a curse word. Yeah. I heard it on SpongeBob once. It's still considered. No, you didn't. Were yeah. they talking about building a dam? <laughs> <laughs> you definitely did not. Uh, I might have made that up. <laughs> you definitely made that up. But dam is not a big word. It's not one I'd be thrilled to hear my students say. <laughs> but, example. If someone has a British accent and they say, you're being a bit cunty, you don't get it quite as offended if someone with an American accent says it. Um, I don't get offended either way because I don't care about swear words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or sentence enhancers. Sentence enhancers. That's what Mr. Krabs you know, my favorite word is fuck because it can be every word in a sentence. Fuck because the I fucking remember fuckers. the episode of SpongeBob about swearing. <laughs> so anyway, the figure moves to the back room and reveals herself to be Romulan. <laughs> she joins a meeting with a human and a Klingon. They mm-hmm. talk about this settlement. Apparently, this was some form of an experiment between the three factions, but it doesn't seem to be working out. The Galactic Peace Planet. The Vulcan Cybok uh, from earlier brings an army with them, and they take over the whole place. Cybok, Cybok, and Spock. Mm-hmm. He takes the Klingon. <laughs> he takes the Klingon. We don't know the human hostage, and hopes a starship will be dispatched to rescue them. If only there's a ship nearby. We cut to the 1701A Constellation, Constellation class ship the Federation gave to Kirk. Constellation, for, you right. For saving Earth in Star Trek IV. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's a hunk of junk. <laughs> it's a slapdash mess. We catch up with Scotty on the bridge trying to clean it up. Ahura brings Scotty some dinner. They seem to be having some kind of a thing. And has anybody noticed that the only tool that Scotty has is a different form of a flashlight? Like, he always has something that shoots light. That he clearly hits a button and the lights go off. And he has another object that's shaped that's also a flashlight and he pushes buttons on it. That's all he ever uses is fucking flashlights to fix this thing. Well, He's using like the lasers. Doctors. <laughs> the doctors will just hold a flashlight and go, no, 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 They're lasers. You're fine. Answer's gone. <laughs> They're all just laser tools. Tools. Lasers. 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 I want sharks with freaking laser beams on their freaking foreheads. John watched Austin Powers and then the very next day he watched Austin Powers. It was too. like three days later. And little does Elaine know. I did that Both of them not too long are ago. I terrible. The first two. Because now I'm going to make watch, Elaine watch the third one. And I won't watch it. I'll leave the no, third one sucks. Do you like the first or second one better? Um, I got to say the second one. Yeah, me too. Rob Lowe? Yeah. Yeah. After watching them back to back, it's like, yeah, this is a better movie. Uh, so Starfleet calls and tells them about the Nimbus mission. Uhura calls Sulu and Chekhov back to the ship. They're on shore leave. We cut to Spock, Bones, and Kirk, also on shore leave, sitting around a campfire. Bones has made his, fam- his family's famous special recipe, baked beans. I thought Kirk made it. Bones made no, it? Was Bones. Bones oh. made it. Because he had the secret ingredient. Whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> Which, people put bourbon in their beans all the time. Yeah, I don't see how that's much of a, of a secret. <laughs> they throw some uh, insults back and forth, joking around. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> fuddy-duddy. And, uh, I, I don't remember the insults. Why? And then Spock pulls out a marshmallow roaster thingy. I know, yeah, like a something that you see from fucking um, Sky Mole. It's and like, he's this is a personal a marshmallow? Toaster. Yeah, he's calling <laughs> marshmallows. This is supposed to be like 100-something years in the future, so they don't know what they're doing. And uh, But he, he breaks out some machine that makes marshmallows and tells them all they have to cook them and eat them and then sing a song. And they pick uh, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Which is probably the only song that they know, because I don't imagine that... Kirk or Bones were singing a lot of campfire songs. Not imagine. 
Well, this is Hard to Judaize in the future, so they can even be seen in the classics. But like Miley Cyrus. Spock. They should have sang Party in the USA. They should have been singing Beastie Boys. Ooh, that would have been good. <laughs> Spock misses the whole point by trying to break down the song logically and understand the pieces of it. So this song's going, and Amanda comes out of her room, and she's like, oh, I like this movie. And then she went in the kitchen and came back, and she was like, what movie are you watching? <laughs> she just liked it because it was Row, 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 Your Boat. What did she say? She thought it was Anchor Management? Yeah, because they sing Row, 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 Your Boat in that or something. Do they? I don't know. No, they sing um, that I song from I Feel Pretty, yeah. yeah. Put the pretty girl in that me. She's like, this is what not the movie I thought you were watching. I just heard Row, 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 Your Boat. <laughs> So we cut to deep space. We see, I think it's Pioneer 7 uh, floating through space. Klingon warbird decloaks and blasts it. Ship is commanded by Captain Claw. He's I'm sorry, how do you spell that? It's K-L-A-A. Claw! That's his cousin. This is Claw. You think of Claw. He's bored and looking for conflict. Is he related to Dr. Claw? No, that's C L. That's K L A W. Is he also Gad- looking for love in all the wrong places? Or? <laughs> no. He's I'm born looking for conflict. His oh, conflict. Communications officer gets a message. Gets that message about Nimbus Three. Also, Claw isn't really worried about saving Klingon hostages, but he hears that there's a Federation ship or a Federation member being held hostage. So surely they'll send some kind of formidable ship to save them, and then he can attack them and get some kind of exciting fight for himself. The boys at the campsite are awakened by Uhura in a shuttlecraft, and she says, look, shore leave's canceled. They called us, so we gotta go. They all jump back on the Enterprise. Kirk's like, why don't you bring your communicator? Or or why don't you call my communicator? And she's like, you didn't bring it. But Spock would've brought his communicator. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. He definitely would. I imagine Bones would have too. He's, he's a doctor, you know. We we everybody gives Bones shit, but he's actually a really good doctor and, and responsible. No, he uses lasers. We talked about. This. Well, yeah, that's true. No, it's Scotty that uses lasers. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know. Bones wow. is a healing being. <laughs> <laughs> they make it back to the barely functional bridge where they are briefed on the hostages. Kirk tells his crew he's sorry about the mess and being understaffed, but they have to go to work now. And then he muses how he misses his old chair. Claw well, everything get, on this ship sucks. <laughs> Claw gets word that the Enterprise is en route, and he knows that that's Kirk's ship, so he's all excited. If he can defeat Kirk, he will have the highest honors. So he hauls ass to Nimbus, Nimbus 3. En route, Kirk, Spock, and Bones uh, go through all the info, that, info they can about the hostage situation. Apparently the Klingons... Uh, the Klingon Korg, or whatever the Klingon's name is, used to be a big deal. A general. But now he's just kind of a diplomat. Doesn't really this do is the best that Starfleet has to offer is these people. Hey, Korg is a great leader. And like He they, printed enough pamphlets. <laughs> Piss off, ghost. I'll allow it. I got him distracted. Keep going, Tony. They watch, uh, they watch the hostage, me- uh, hostage message. And uh, Spock is super uneasy about seeing who the Vulcan, the Vulcan kidnapper is. It's familiar. And then we cut to another scene. Spock is brooding in the dark. And Kirk he, and McCoy roll he up on him. He doesn't brood. He thinks deep thoughts. Now, <laughs> brooding implies did, emotions. Did, did you know in Crocodile Dundee 2, mm-hmm. Paul Hogan did all of his own acting? Did he? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> what did you watch the other day with Paul Hogan? I hope it was a Crocodile Something Dundee. Something really terrible. Nope. No. Was it, was it the Jesus movie? movie? Yes. Why did you watch that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to be in charge of your movie watching. <laughs> like, I'll have to get my movie time out. 
It was, it was recommended to me. I was like, Paul Hogan? Sure. What was that called? I watched that. like um, Almost an Angel. Yep. And it was not good. No. <laughs> no. But it did have Casey Jones in it. When it comes to Paul Hogan, you want to stick to his early Crocodile Dundee work. <laughs> as, in, as in one, yes. maybe two. Maybe hey, two, two is good. Two is good. I like two. Maybe three if you're drinking. No. No. <laughs> Don't watch three. Oh, man. So anyway, Spook is... Spock. Spook. Spook. <laughs> Spock is not brooding in the dark. He's half brooding. <laughs> Kirk and McCoy show up and ask him what the fuck. Spock explains that this Vulcan reminds him of somebody he knew from his youth, a gifted and brilliant philosopher that turned away from the teaching of the Vulcans and embraced his emotions. He was banished after he started bringing other Vulcans to his way of thinking. Yeah, having emotions and thinking would be bad. I just yawned and drool ran down my chin. <laughs> nice. So why is it that movie, like, you have the these hell? people, the, I mean, and they these, the, the Jedi... Why are emotions bad for science fiction fantasy? They're not. They really? Because I have you have two prominent species who are against feelings. No. Jedi are encouraged to love everyone equally. Yeah, that's not actual love. But I want to make a joke about how to the Jedi all lives matter, but it would be inappropriate. Oh. Yes, it would. Also, Jedis are trash. Um, <laughs> they are no, trash. That's Zach Morse. That is true. Um, the Enterprise slips into orbit and finds the town, but they just can't beam the hostages free because the transporter is broken, like everything else on the ship. Spock detects the Klingon um, bird of prey heading towards them. They have about two hours before it can get to them. Kirk says they will have to do it the old-fashioned way. He puts an away team together, and they take a shuttlecraft down. This... And they have two hours, so they land an hour walk from the <laughs> oh, town. Yeah. Sulu well, bones. that's where there's suitable cover for the I shuttle. No, I was just like, damn. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff to like, oh, we have to do it this way. And it's amazing. Sulu bones, Spock, Kirk, Ahura, and a bunch of red shirts land on Nimbus Three. They're trying to draw up what's called drama. <laughs> While this happens, Chekhov poses as captain and negotiates. Say Chekhov. The whole time I thought his name was Jackoff. That's <laughs> Chekhov. Chekhov. My bad. Jackoff was that other movie that you watched when we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov poses as captain and negotiates... That was Buffet, the vampire layer. Slash stalls Cybok. Kirk gets a horror to do some kind of weird sexy feather dance, which okay, I can't, I which I can't a, imagine I is a protocol. So the guy that wrote the screenplay made a joke to the producers about this, and they thought it was so good, they had him write it in the screenplay. Like, he was not being serious. Wow. He was just cracking a joke about something dumb that, you know, would be in an old episode, and they put it in. And do you think those were her real legs, or do you think she had a leg double? I think she had stunt legs. I don't know. <laughs> because they were nicely muscled, beautiful legs. Mm -hmm. All we really saw was her legs. They well, could have been her real legs. Because she's an she's older lady. She's a pretty lady, though. She's an older lady. It never lady. occurred to me that but, it wouldn't be her real and legs. And if those were her real legs, good for her. Yeah. You know John what? was like, she had a body double. I'm like, those could be her real legs. She could have muscular legs. She could. But there's nothing else about her physique that would lead me to believe that. Because when you see her moving her arms later, they don't match those you legs. You don't really see much. It's not like she's wearing yeah, those she's revealing dress, dresses like yes. she used to. You don't really see her. what's under there. And if she had legs like that, on, which means her upper body would be proportionate to those legs, she'd be showing that shit off. Because if she's, what, 60? And she's sure. built like that, girl, you earned it, show it. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not that time period anymore. They don't show it anymore. No, no. Part I'm, of the whole point of the problem is that... Look, if I'm 60 now in that kind of shape, I'm not wearing clothes. I and couldn't dress like that anymore. Yes, but if you're 16 you have that, flaunt it. 
Good for you. Go ahead. Shirt cocking it. <laughs> so the group of cultists are distracted, <laughs> and the crew... He's quoting Deadpool, too. The crew rolls over there, Pooh-bearing it. Beats them up and steals their horses, or horse-type animals, and sneak into town. Uh, inside They're of, unicorns. They're yeah, amoebas. Uh, yeah. They're unicorns. They're amoebas. Inside, a fight breaks out, and we get some palm strikes and Kirk chops. This is the worst, worst fucking fight scene I've ever seen. But one of the best parts of this fight scene is Spock does a, a Vulcan nerf bench on a dude's horse. Yes. <laughs> Which is so great. But this fight scene was terrible. Oh, and I had to ask, I have to ask you this, Elaine, even though mm-hmm. this picture didn't come out very well. I saw this, and I was like, I gotta ask Elaine, because this is funny. How is the eyeshadow... Mr. Mr. Spock here. <laughs> oh, because he has like this. He has like this blue. Yeah, he going does. On his- <laughs> okay, so they tried to cover up. It, it's what it is. Is that's where his actual eyebrows are, and they have tried to cover it up and then drawn on a new uh, end of his okay. eye. I see. But they did a real shit job. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's probably not made for HD. <laughs> like when I watched uh, Avengers Infinity Game, Infinity Wars and noticed that Captain America is wearing way too much blush. Yes. <laughs> sometimes, really sometimes makeup artists fuck shit up. Mm. Well, because, you know, they're not trained to standard. They were trained to 480p. This is 4K, okay? Things have changed. You did not watch this in 4K. You can't watch you this did. in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> they can say this is 4K, but it's 720. I don't actually <laughs> want to watch anything in 4K. You know when you're in the in the store and you see all the TVs and they have the 4K TV and everything and it looks really weird? I don't. I not unless like it came it. out like this year. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't need to see Like the, the gentleman probably is fine in 4K, yeah. but something that came out in the 80s? Yeah. Probably. So I don't like want to see can't every enhance pore these old in somebody's movies, face. But so much. No, but it's not that. I don't want to see things that clear. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be able to see every little pore in yeah. your nose because it's now three feet tall and super clear. Yeah. <laughs> no. You don't want to see Stallone's nose hairs? No. No. Mm. All right, bro. So inside the bar, the three-booped cat lady jumps on Kirk, this but he throws her on. across the room into a water tank, which and is kills her. Impressive. And she's dead. And I'm like, does water kill her? I don't understand. <laughs> and it's not like she even like died where she's flailing a little bit. No, because I expected, oh, cat in water. She's going to go ape shit. No, she just died on impact. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, it was a water pool table, though. The fuck? kind of cool. <laughs> you know what? That shit was amazing. It was. First of all, he threw her. It was a good he distance. threw her. <laughs> Tony was like, how did he do that? Yeah, like, <laughs> Maybe she was really light. Maybe. <laughs> then you remember. She's who wrote very this? Light. She yes. What is she the gravity situation on Nimbus 3? Maybe he's super strong because it's light gravity. Really? There's Maybe. nothing else in the movie in this scene here that would suggest that. What was that Maybe show we watched? Where the, the security chick was super strong because her oh, planet has heavy gravity. The Orville, which is pretty, which is really good if you get a chance. <laughs> there's Last a time um, Superman's strong. There's a fantasy series that I read, and where um, it's like a federation of planets and. or whatever, and one of them they have heavy worlders, which are from places that have heavier gravity, and when they join the space marines or whatever, I bet Mac would like it actually, although it has a woman protagonist, so maybe not. <laughs> but um, is that heresy? <laughs> but anyways but she's from this really really she's a heavy worlder so she's like super strong compared to everybody else because mm-hmm. she's from this world that has super heavy gravity mm-hmm. you think 2. That, 6. that's probably bad for your like, so, and stuff well, I know if we go to like earth, places, earth gravity is a standard but hers yeah. is 2.6% <laughs> heavier which is a lot mm-hmm. like if you go to a place like that it'll probably kill you mm-hmm. like you but might she, be super strong for a minute but you can't breathe and your organs aren't working 
No, but yeah. In the beginning, there was rap. They have to have the people that settled there had to make adjustments. But once mm-hmm. after a couple generations, once oh, they're they born, acclimated. they acclimate. Mm-hmm. So she was born on this planet like she, her body is acclimated. So then when she went into space and joined the space Marines, she's super strong compared to everybody else because in the spaceships, they're at Earth gravity. I'm gonna say the science on that doesn't quite check out. And but she sure. and she had to wear like weights all the time. It's science fiction. Because <laughs> well, you think about it, when you pull up fish from deep in the ocean and you bring them to like normal pressure, they die because they're so used to pressure. And when there's not pressure, it hurts. Them. But it's not. I know, but you're trying to use science fiction when I'm trying to sci- um, science, and it's getting crossed. Yeah, but crossed. it's it's a little bit off, but it's it's off enough that it makes a difference, but not off enough that you couldn't survive. Mm, you don't know. You're right. I don't know because I don't care. I just accept <laughs> things in my... They might breathe helium on that planet. Who the fuck do we know? I don't know. Is there air? <laughs> I understand. That's the best line ever. I understand Sam that Rockwell. fiction means pretend. Mm. <laughs> and whenever it's fiction, you can pretend whatever you want. The floor is lava, man. New Netflix show. So... People really like that show. I've not watched that it. That looks fucking stupid. people. <laughs> I'm convinced that the either the... The IQ of the entire like society has dropped a couple points. I, I or bet. the people who are making these things just think that. Well, you know what happened? There used to be survival of the fittest. So the strongest and the smartest got to survive. But now, because we have gotten to a point in our society where everybody gets to survive, that's no longer the norm. Mm-hmm. So we aren't encouraging these high, above average traits. <laughs> okay. So now that the genocide's over... <laughs> I didn't Spock. say genocide. That's just how evolution works. Kirk and Spock find two host- the, the hostages, but it's a trick. And it's the a hostages trap. take Kirk and Spock prisoner. Because they're awaiting. Cybok has. Cybok. What's his name? Sagat. Cybok. It's not Sagat. No. Cybok has done his Jedi mind trick on them too, and they now are. Of it seems to be some kind of actual mind trick. It seems to be actually some kind of telepathy or something. Yeah. But he's have psychic so they're, they're on yeah. his side now. So Cybok is ecstatic to see Spock again, but when he goes to hug him, Spock recoils. See now, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't Vulcans have like no emotions? Mm-hmm. So why would you see your brother get emotional and want to hug him? Well, because Cybok's embraced emotions and Cybok. Um, Vulcans have no. Cybok has embraced emotions. That's what I said. Not Spock. Cybok. No, and Spock's half human. And Spock's ha- yes, but Vulcans can feel emotions. They actively try to not, like they train themselves not to. And um, the Romulans and the Vulcans are the same race. And I Romulans know. embraced emotion, and Vulcans tried to train it away. So they can. They just don't. Thanks for totally not answering my question. Going off on a tangent here. But Go ahead, Tom. He's still Vulcan. So, uh-huh. He tries to hug Spock. Spock recoils, and he goes, Cybok says, don't you have anything to say to me? And he goes, yes, you're under arrest for 17 violations of the neutral zone. And everybody laughs. laughs. He goes, uh, Cybok says, he is taking the Enterprise. So Cybok and Kirk, etc. everybody gets on the shuttlecraft, and they're headed back to the Enterprise. But at that time, the Klingon Bird of Prey shows up. Chekhov has to go to Red Alert and raise the shields, but... Doing that, now Kirk and everybody is is basically locked out. And uh, Chekhov tells Kirk, look, you're going to have to go find some place to hide because there's a bird of prey right here. But 
uh, Cybox not listening. He doesn't understand the situation, and he's like, "Look, we're not going back to planet side. We're going towards the ship." And then uh, Kirk's like, "Look, man, we're gonna have to figure something out." And Cybox like, "All right, look, do whatever it is you have to do, but we're not going back to the planet." So they basically have to haul ass in towards the ship, lower the shields, go in the ship, and raise the shields all. In a matter of seconds. Instead of using the tractor beam like they normally do, right. they have to physically drive into the landing bay, which is not what they normally do. Yeah. Because I guess they can't go slow. <laughs> well, he I'm, says to lower and raise the shields takes 15 seconds. Yeah. Well, this was They're trying to do it as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, they use plan attack. B, plan barricade, which is just nylon straps. You wouldn't think it, they would be that efficient. <laughs> It's a cargo net. There's a lot of shit that you wouldn't think would be very efficient in this movie. Like Kirk. <laughs> Kirk isn't efficient. He's charismatic. He's, I don't know how charismatic he is. He's very charismatic. Shoot him! <laughs> very charismatic. That's John's favorite line. Spoiler alert. So they... Hell of a captain. They do the... Not take him prisoner. <laughs> not get him under... His go-to, shoot that unarmed motherfucker. No. All right, keep going. He's a war criminal now. He violated. You don't get to execute zone. people. Maybe you do. We don't know the rules. All right, cool. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I've not read the Federation charter, charter or what thirteen lo- or what seventeen laws the Cybok broke. I keep wanting to say Psyduck. So Shout out to my Pokemon Go fans. I said Cybek. I mean. <laughs> so do they have due process in the Starfleet? Or? They do, but in my in my estimation, if he's a telepath, you shoot him. <laughs> Because we don't know he could take Spock and everybody over again, and then we're all fucked again. That's true. But the gun is hilarious, because it literally looks like a bunch of pipes somebody taped well, together. Well, it's a potato gun. No, it, it looks like uh, um, uh, the mini marshmallow guns. Remember oh, that? yeah. It looks like <laughs> pop, one of the... Pop, pop. It's like a potato gun. You see in the opening sequence when the guy's trying to load his gun that what he drops his ammunition, it's fucking rocks. <laughs> so this gun fires rocks. So it's some kind of potato gun-esque. Because they said weapons were outlawed, but the people made their own. Yeah, so it's not like a gun gun. No, no, no. Wait a minute. That's not how that works. When you outlaw guns, guns are gone. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) That's how that works, right? So they make it just in in the nick of time. They just go poof. And turn into glitter. They crash the the, uh, shuttle into the Enterprise. The Enterprise hauls ass. Where do you think strippers get all that glitter? It's it's, it's from guns going poof. Um... So they, they do crash and eat shit inside the Enterprise, and everybody's kind of knocked all around. Um, Cybok and Kirk seem to be the first up, and they scuffle over a rifle. Um, Is that what you call that, a scuffle? Well, like, I call it Cybok beating the shit out of Kirk because he has ten times the strength, but yeah, he smashes Kirk right. all over the place. And a higher charisma score. Mm. Yeah. And uh, the rifle slides away, and it lands at someone's feet, and Kirk looks at it and yells, Shoot him! And it's Spock. Spock points the gun at Cybok. Cybok walks up and uh, doesn't shoot him. Well, because Cybok, Spock's like, you, I'm going to take you prisoner. And Cybok's like, you're going to have to kill me. Yeah. And Spock is like, well, I can't do that, so I have this gun. <laughs> he takes the gun, and Kirk is like, what the fuck? And he's pissed. Cybok tries to convince Spock to join him. Spock says, nope. And then Spock, Kirk, and Bones are all thrown in the break. And it's, you can't escape the break. No. Because they have the smartest man that they know try to escape it. That's true. And it didn't work. That is true. 
But Cybok uses his mind power on Sulu and Ahura, so they're on the team now. Um, oh my. Kirk demands an answer from Spock. Spock explains he could not kill Cybok because Cybok is his half-brother. No, he says, it's my brother. And he's like, yeah, I know, you're the same species. He's like, no, dumb fuck. He's my actual brother. He's it's mine. like, you don't have a brother. You're right. I have a half-brother. And then there's, and there's a line I like because he goes, uh, Spock goes, look, I hope you can forgive me. And Kirk goes, forgive you? I ought to knock you on your goddamn ass. And Spock goes, if you think that would help. And then Bones goes, do you want me to hold him? <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the bridge, newly converted Ohura and Sulu step on board and introduce Chekhov to Cybok. And Cybok says, can I share your pain? And so Chekhov's taken too. Back in the brig, Kirk is trying to break out. When they were in the landing bay, by the way, Scotty saw them, and he saw that they were prisoners. So he's yeah. um, undercover sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what's happening. Yeah. Just when you hear... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's something else. Well, back in the brig, Kirk's trying to break out, and like John said, um, Spock says, look, you can't break out, it's, it's impossible. And he says... How do you know it's impossible? And he says, well, the engineers got the smartest and brightest person to try to get out. They and could he, find. He didn't they say could find, ever. Just that they could And find. he couldn't do it. And Kirk says, oh, did, did this person didn't have uh, pointed ears and uh, ability to get his teammates into trouble or something like that. And he goes, he did have pointed ears. <laughs> um, then they, like John said, they hear some tapping on the, on the uh, wall as if someone gently rapping. Grabbing the chamber door? They figure, they figure out that it's Morse code, and it says stand back. They take a and step back like, and stand blows back. Out. And they're like, stand back. And they don't stand back. Stand back. Like, as soon and as they, they don't move. It, well, they didn't. Scotty did not give them enough time to move back. Well, Scotty doesn't. Also, <laughs> why do all these people in the future learn Morse, Morse code? code? Yeah. Did anybody at the table know Morse code? No. no. You were in the Navy. Did you have to learn Morse code? Yeah. I sure did. I don't remember. <laughs> I know SOS. Me too. Everybody knows SOS. Da da da. Dun dun dun. Da da da. Other than that, I can't. No, I got enough for you. I had to learn Morse code though. Mm-hmm. I don't remember none of it. So um. Did you ever have to use Morse code? Nope, never. Not once. Not even a little bit. There was never a situation. Not once. Like an under siege kind of a thing it's where Morse code came in handy. Plot no. tool when it pops up. It's like. But yeah, a hundred years. But in it's the future, always it's always in the future in space and some like the blinking light doing Morse code. Nobody speaks Morse code or Independence Day with the Didn't Morse code in the in, desert. Uh, in the Avengers movie, you like. Which that would one? be all of them. <laughs> <laughs> more specific. When Scarlett Johansson got captured by... Oh, yeah, in old Age of Ultron. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. They did it in Independence Day to coordinate with uh, British forces in the Iraqi desert. You know what's sad desert. is that of the Avengers movies, Age of Ultron's probably my least favorite, but it's a really good movie. Because yeah, really when you good. put the other three... <laughs> I mean, one is the best movie ever made. Damn good movie. And then there's Infinity War and Endgame. One is the best movie ever made? Yeah, I think Avengers 1 is the best movie ever made. Really? Yeah. Really? I'll make that statement. Really? Hot take. Hot take. (laughs) Better than Thor Ragnarok? We're supposed to be doing shorter episodes. We keep getting sidetracked. Yeah, no, we're going to keep talking. It's not going to stop. On the bridge, Chekhov is is now on board with Cybok's plan. Cybok addresses the whole ship. He has found Shakari, Heaven. And he intends to take the ship there. He's had a vision from God, but it lies beyond the Great Barrier, a wall or sphere of energy that no ship has returned from and no probe has survived going into. 
let's just be clear. If you have psychic abilities, you need to be aware that the messages you're picking up might not come from the divine. <laughs> you just have to assume there could be somebody fucking with you. <laughs> you gotta, there's a whole race of psychic people. Two races, in fact. You just gotta. They're you Noah. can't just automatically assume because you're getting signals there benign. <laughs> So Spock, Kirk, and Bones are free now. They need to reach the forward observation room at the top front end of the ship. So they need to climb a long turbo shaft. And it's a good thing they got Spock's bazooka boots. Yeah, where'd he get those? Well, yeah. They were in it. Look. Cause, look. Cause, How'd he get no, no, those? I got it. I'm going to fucking explain it if you just zip mm-hmm. for a second. So Kirk and... Don't talk to evil me. And, and Bones, they go into the, the hole, right? And what does Spock do? He goes, huh, I'm going to go to my room because this is on his ship where he keeps his boots. Those are his. I don't need my daddy because I got no boots. Boots, and he grabs them and he's ready to roll. His room happened to be close to that. Makes sense. His math checks out. Okay. He would have his boots in his room. It, Spock's room being right next to that turbo chef makes yes. about as much sense as Kirk throwing that cat. So I'll go with that. <laughs> because of low gravity slash under density of a it's cat. It's not structure. my policy to. Um, argue with someone who just knitted up a hole in a, in a plaza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly it's simple. Keep it simple. So you have Bones and Kirk climb five or six floors, and then they're like, this is going to kill us because we're 70. Because it's like 80 floors? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's... I need to it's, take a nap. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but so, like John said, the Spock swoops down with the boots and picks them up, and they take off. And... Uh, they make it to the communications array and they send a distress call to Starfleet. Starfleet answers and say that they're on their way, but it turns out Starfleet. that it's not Starfleet, it's Klingons. And they intercepted the transmission and now they know exactly where the Enterprise is and where they're going to be, so Claw sets a course. Because they don't use any kind of coding or anything. <laughs> they should have used Morse code. It's just screaming into space and whoever hears it, hears it. Space is still really Well, technically, big, right? if it was big. a dress yeah, okay. call. Um, so how close could they be? I don't know. That I, I had a whole conversation with Ben about this, and we were, he was like, I don't, this is stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> in space, and you're like, we got into some shit, and you can send a message, but first of all, it takes a while to get there. Yeah. Then it takes a while for them to respond. It takes even longer for them to get to you. Yeah. Unless you have some well, kind of space bending. They, they warp their, their transmissions. So, they, oh, it's really dumb. They warp the transmission. So yeah. what you tell me is they send a signal out, and then it warps in space, black to holes its way. Yep. And, and, and a 60-year-old man through a cat woman. That's <laughs> how three you get boobs. historical document. <laughs> so as Kirk, Bones, and Spock try to leave... My brain hurts. They're intercepted by Cybok. Mm. Cybok explains his plan and uses his telepathic powers on them. For Bones, we find out that he had to euthanize his father because he was dying and suffering in pain. He felt guilt because after he killed him, he found a, they found a cure for the disease. Like a couple months. But his dad might still have been dead. Yeah. But Cybok tells him, you did what you had to do, and you shouldn't feel any guilt over this. And helps him, I guess, with his telepathic power. Then with Spock, we find out that, at, at least as Spock believes that Sarek, his father, thinks that Spock is too human and therefore a disappointment. I feel like they would have uh, recorded that and um, he would have been able to watch that. What I have a problem with this is they show, I don't know Spock's mother's name, I don't remember. but Mrs. Spock. Ah, yes. They show her giving birth on Vulcan, I assume. Mm-hmm. She's on a rock. 
and there's nothing attached to her. There's she's no in, medical devices. She's in a sacred temple, man. Yeah, but even Natalie Portman got the Uba Uba robot reaching in her badge <laughs> or something like this. Is just like, what are you human? Cool. Get on that flat rock and push. I guess it's only 2090, Maybe, and we have warp look, travel. Look, it was a home birth. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and the lady with who was very well dressed with the nice makeup was just her doula. Yeah, I think there was some uh, racism even in the year 2020 on that one. Because it's like, hey, get on that rock, human. Because that was ridiculous. At least give her a fucking painkiller or something. <laughs> or a pillow? Yeah, a pillow? <laughs> Good lord. A blanket? So then we moved to Kirk. But Kirk says, nah, fuck all that noise. And uh, McCoy says, no, no, let him help you. It's it's good. And Kirk says what one of my favorite lines. He goes, shoot him! No. <laughs> no, no, the other line. He says, what What do you want me to say that I've made the wrong choices in life? I've turned left when I should have turned right. I know what my weakness are. weaknesses are. I don't need Cybok to take me on a tour of them. He goes, damn it, Bones, you're a doctor. You know that pain and guilt can't be wa- taken away with the wave of a magic wand. These are things that make us who we are. If we lose them, we lose ourselves. I don't want him to take my pain. I need my pain. That's <laughs> awesome. At that to point, pain. <laughs> at that point, Uhura checks in. They're approaching the Great Barrier. So Cybok tells Kirk, look, this is my vision from God. And then he leaves them in the observation room and goes to the bridge. And he asks Spock again to join him, and Spock's like, "No, nope, I'm good here." <laughs> which and which Cybok showed him his pain. They shared it, so now he thinks that Spock and Bones are on his side. Yeah, and Bones and is. Bones is almost. <laughs> he's halfway out the door, and you're like, "Damn, Bones!" But Spock is like, "No, I, I see what you did there, but I'm still. Yeah, this is still my job, and I'm still cool here." <laughs> he says, "You're my brother." He says, "I'm like you're my brother, but you don't know me." Something like that. It was a long time ago. I've come to terms with that aspect of my life. So Cybok, well, Cybok says to Kirk before he leaves, he's like, look, I'm not going to fight you on all this. I'm taking us through the Great Barrier. And and Kirk's like, this is ridiculous. God's not in this Great Barrier. And he goes, well, I'm going to take us through the Great Barrier, and then you'll see. If we get through the Great Barrier without dying, then will you at least listen to me? And Kirk doesn't say anything, but he's like, whatever. So Cybok has Sulu take them through the barrier. And once inside, there's this glowing blue planet in the middle it's of like, it. It's like, hey, guess what? That didn't do anything to the ship. There wasn't even a jump. Yeah. <laughs> which, we just sail right through like which for me is, is stupid. <laughs> so nothing has ever come out of this. No ships no made probes, it through. No nothing. No probes. They had no turbulence. They just fly right through. Yeah, okay. They couldn't even find it on... Chekhov says something like he can't even find it registering on a panel. I was like, this is, this is dumb. They should have had Cybok have some kind of like... Vision, vision that something. he could figure out a way to get through it or something. Or have to navigate. Yeah, but whatevs. Um, sure. So, there should have been like a bunch of wreckage. Yeah. <laughs> or they could have had a wayfinder, and they have to find the rock, the knife to get the wayfinder. Nah, or they could have been a special com- uh, compass that only points. That the new one? only points to where you want to go. go. Is that the new one? Yeah. You know what's funny? There's like I, six side quests to get to the fucking Emperor. I had nothing to do with the other day. I'm like, you know what? I'm finally going to watch the Star Wars. I got the opening credits, you know, where Butts is nuts. Kylo comes, he gets his thing, and he mm-hmm. walks up. I'm like, fuck this movie. <laughs> I was like, Lost you there, huh? Didn't even make it. Lost me at the opening credits. I mean, I saw the little scroll thing. He did his thing. He walked up. He killed a bunch of people. He pulled out this pyramid-looking thing. I was like, no. Nah. I'm out. Uh, Not I guess today. maybe the god dude 
with his eye beams may have just <clears throat> hit anything that came in before. Maybe. Or maybe he let it come in to see what happens, and then he was like, fuck you, you're not leaving. <laughs> but you well, maybe them. those... See, that's why there should be like some kind of wreckage. Like, maybe they weren't technologically... Maybe that they needed... Cool. Maybe they weren't technologically advanced enough to be able to get out of the barrier because it's kept in laser eyes for a <laughs> <laughs> But that would have been cool if they got in and there was like fucked up ships like yeah. floating uh, around yeah. that would have been cool to a dead body yeah a boneyard of sorts yeah. ooh a boneyard an airplane graveyard so everyone like, no, oh, let's talk about <laughs> airplane graveyard for a second now that sounds like a movie I'd watch what do you think we're gonna go with this we'll 600 grand <laughs> I like where you're going but I'm thinking maybe we get some product placement maybe some Harley Davidson stuff uh, maybe a couple cigarette companies a Baldwin Mm. We'll get a Baldwin if we can't get one of the good ones. We'll get one of the bad ones. I don't think any of them are the good ones anymore. They all are just terrible. So everyone's ecstatic about breaching the Great Barrier. And then Kirk, Spock, and Bones come on the bridge. Chekhov says that uh, on the planet is an incredible power source, something like he's never seen before. Kirk, Spock, and Bones uh, are like, okay, so what are we doing now, Cybok? And he's like... Well, he gives the control back to Kirk. He's like, the ship needs its captain, so you can control it from here. And he's Kirk's like, like, thanks. He's like, how do you know I'm not just going to turn us right back around? Because there's like, no proof you can get back out, motherfucker. And, also, and he's like, because now that we're here, you need to know. Yeah, he's like, you're not going to. It's like going through the thermocline. The best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. The best part ever that they could have wrote for this would have been, all right, I got the con, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? You don't need to know? Nope. But they boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs> that is true. This is the final frontier. The center of yeah, the no Until the universe. next frontier. Yeah. Question mark? Until the quest for quest for peace? No, that no. was Superman. There is no quest for peace. So Kirk said yeah, there was. That was Superman 4. I don't recall that. It was a really bad Blocked it out. It, it was no good one. I've blocked it out. Wasn't that the one with Nuclear Man? Yes. <laughs> it was the... The blonde, sh- strong man who sounded like, um, what's his name, Gene Hackman. scratched Superman to death with his nails. Yeah. Yes. Great move. You gotta watch out for cats. There's stuff on in. No, you lift them over your head and throw them in water. Duh. <laughs> so Kirk sets up an away party with, of course, himself, Spock, Cybok, and Bones. No red shirts on this trip. Because he always goes on the away mission. Um, he yeah. says, don't just stand there. God's a busy man. <laughs> They take the shuttlecraft because, of course, the transporter's not working. And uh, on the way down, Spock says some, some entity or something else has taken over the shuttlecraft and it's being controlled. They land, and Kirk grabs, starts to grab some phasers. Cybok puts his hand on his shoulder and is like, come on, dude. Kirk, Kirk, shoot Kirk smirks. He goes, okay, we'll have it your way then. And I thought, is he going to sneak one? <laughs> but he doesn't. <laughs> and Cybok gets a haircut. I guess he wanted to yeah, get spruced was, up for God. His hair was all of a sudden really short. And Tony short. was like, did he get a haircut? <laughs> Maybe he had lice. Yeah, he took all the shrinky dinks off his chest, whatever that shit was. So the four of them... A man humbles himself before his God. But apparently. during this scene while they're all walking, mm-hmm. everybody on the ship is like in awe of the beauty of this place. And I was like... It's and, dirt and rocks. And I was like, this is not... Because they were like, it's Eden. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't no fruit, no trees, no water. It's a desert with some rocks. And you these think, guys like, were acting like a Shangri-La. You think they should have shown, shown, like, a jungle? Yeah. 
But I well, just that's what like, I said. I said the four of them wander around Nevada for about a half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's amazed uh, watching the footage from the bridge, and they don't notice that a bird of prey is moving into position. Nothing seems to be here, though. Cybok and them just wander around, and then finally Cybok stops and screams into the, to the sky. But then there's a large earthquake, and rocks raise from the ground around them, kind of like a like rib cage. Like, two Garigna. feet away from them, and they barely move. They're like, oh, the ground is moving slightly. And this big old rock, is, I was like, they would be on their asses ten feet away. They have really good balance. There would probably be a gigantic explosion if a rock of that magnitude came out of the ground. <laughs> Plus, the gravity's denser, so they're held in place. Yeah, you can't... You can't handle flavor of this magnitude. Oh, shit. If the, if, the, if, the de- if the fucking gravity was that dense, they can't walk. Oh, <laughs> the sky grows dark, wind howls, and everything uh, blows around. And the thunder rolls. And but you would think that God would just appear in, a, in like glitter cannons and rainbows, not like Burning bushes, thunder yes. and lightning. Mm-hmm. So not fire and brimstone. They move to the center, and a glowing blue light shines on them. Then the light. Well, if it was green, he would die. No. Then the light welcomes them. It switches faces a few times until it resembles, I guess, the Arab, was it Arabic god or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it and Cybok talk, and it becomes clear that God is uh, very interested in how they reach there. Specifically, wants to know about their starship. Which it took control of the shuttle, so it actually knows about starships already, uh-huh. wouldn't you think? And the ships and probes have been trying to get to it. So, again, why isn't there a graveyard, a boneyard, if you will, surrounding this? I feel like the plot this? is unraveling. It just doesn't... Yeah, but I feel like the plot's unraveling a bit here. should be more Bermuda Triangle-y. Bermuda Triangle-y. So, Cybok is totally down with just telling God all about his starship. And Kirk is bothered by this and interrupts and goes, What does God need with a starship? Like, this is excellent. This is important. <laughs> important point. Let's think rationally. And God about goes, it. Who are you? And he goes, What do you what do you mean who am I? Don't you know? Aren't you God? And then uh, Bones walks up, he goes, Jim, you don't ask the Almighty for his ID. This is pretty yeah. funny. Uh, which I think you kinda do though. So God's annoyed. Well, if he doesn't know who you are, be like, hmm. I need you at least to turn water into wine or some make some fishes. Something. He's like, I need some proof. Like, why <laughs> like, would you need a starship? He's clearly not omnipotent. So God's annoyed and blasts Kirk in in the chest, Gozer style. <laughs> no. Spock persists. Are you a god? <laughs> Spock persists with the question and he blasts him too. Spock is like, no, 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 he's right. What the hell do you need with this starship? So then Bones is standing there and, and God goes, do you defy me too? And Bog, uh, Bones goes, I defy any god that inflicts pain for his own pleasure. So he gets just a blast in two. So Cybok starts to question God, and God turns on Cybok and says, Look, I'm not God, okay? But give me your ship. Your vision was fake, and I just want your ship so I can I've been pass. imprisoned here yeah. for however long. And so what is he? They never say what he is. It really bothers me. I want to know. He could just be a lesser God. There is a... Uh, I saw He's the obviously a, a powerful entity of some sort, but I wanted more facts. <laughs> I saw in the trivia that supposedly there's a book, and the book says that he's some kind of person like Q mm-hmm. but he pissed the Q's off that would make so sense. they put him there he's a Ferengi well it said in the trivia also that this movie was a ri- Shatner's cut was two hours long but they wanted it shorter so then they hired a guy to edit it down and Shatner was always really upset about it because he thought you couldn't stand to lose any of it so I wonder what was in the Shatner cut <laughs> release the Shatner cut actually they might have they, it might be out there you it probably be. can get it 
Well, too bad we've already done this, so I never know. What's in the Shatner cut? I'll never know. So God shifts to Cybox form. Maybe. And says, bring me the ship or I'll kill all these pathetic creatures. Cybok realizes he was wrong. He runs over to Spock and tells him to forgive him. And, and then, to leave him. And to leave, and he'll distract him. And then he walks up to God and says, I couldn't help but notice your pain. And then he does his mind melt thing on God. And apparently that kills Cybok. And then they all haul well, ass to the shuttlecraft. I'm a, a all-powerful being's pain. Yeah. That seems like that's a lot of pain. And he's been in prison for a while, so you've got to think. Popeye. Super pissed. We were talking about music. We were talking about musicals. Favorite mm-hmm. musical? I'm going with Popeye. That's your favorite musical. Because really? he's large. <laughs> <laughs> the music does The music does enhance that film. Oh yeah, I did hate hate Popeye. Yes. Never mind. I hate that movie. <laughs> Love that movie. That's so good. Because he's large comes up all the time. <laughs> so Scotty so they make it back to the shuttle, but God fucks the shuttle up. Uh, Kirk calls to Scotty, and Scotty says he's got the transporter running barely. He may be able to send to pick two of them up, and Kirk immediately Kirk immediately orders <coughs> Spock and McCoy to be taken. Of course, up, and they do. Uh, then he goes to transport Kirk, but that's when the Klingons attack and fuck up the Enterprise. So yeah, they hit. They manage to hit right where that transporter <laughs> pad is, in the of middle course. of the ship with their torpedo thing. So Claw demands surrender. Uh, Spock goes to the Klingon commander aboard his ship and makes him talk to Claw. I know what you're thinking. He's like, turn over Kirk. And he's like, Kirk isn't here. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like, you're lying. I cannot lie. That is not facts, sir. <laughs> you can lie. You just don't. I like when he bullshits him because they'll be like, you lied. He goes, I exaggerated. Or something he always says his own little way. Well, that's the secret of Spock, because even though he's supposedly logical, he does have feelings, and he does have a sense of humor. He just hides it very well. So on the planet, Kirk is running from God, you know, like you do, when a bird of prey shows up and obliterates God. (laughs) Then it aims at Kirk. Kirk Kirk yells at it, what are you waiting for to fire? Then the gun aims at him, but then they beam Kirk up to the Klingon ship, they take him prisoner, but ah, uh, it's all a joke. Because Spock's in the chair. And Claw apologizes for his attack. It was not... Because the Klingon ger- General Korg was on the Enterprise, and Spock made him take command of the bird of prey. And he's like, I'm just a stupid old man. And Spock is like, you will do it! He's like, all right, maybe, all right, don't you outrank that guy? He's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So then we see that the gunner, like John said, the gunner spins around. It was Spock the whole time. Ah, Kirk says, I thought I was dead. And Spock says, impossible. You were never alone. Because he said in the beginning he was going to die alone. So he goes to hug Spock, and Spock says, not in front of the Klingons. So all the parties get together, humans, Klingons, Romulans, whatever, cat, boobies, and they have a reception. She's dead. She's dead. I know. I'm kidding. And they see the force ghost of... No. Ha. No? Mm. Different movie? Mm-hmm. Oh. Kirk walks up to Bones and Spock, and he says, are you guys okay? And they said they were wondering, um, you know, about cosmic thoughts and stuff, and Spock is understandably sad. He says, I lost a brother. Kirk says, I lost a brother once. And Spock nods because Kirk's brother did die in the show, so you think he's talking about George Kirk. But no, he's talking about He's talking about Spock, who died in Wrath of Khan, and then was brought back to life in the search for Spock. You know what? That technically, really, all the fields. <laughs> technically, I think this Spock is a clone because he died in Wrath of Khan, and then 
in the Can we talk about clones later, please? And then in search for Spock, the, what is it called, that device, the... Genesis. The Genesis device makes him regrow, so to speak, but I think he's a clone. I think this Spock is a clone. It also changes Kirstie Alley into another chick. That's true. Well, there's that. We'll talk Mm -hmm. about clones later, all right? So Bone says, uh, I thought you said men like us don't have families. Kirk says, I was wrong. And they smile. Then they go to shore leave round two. Kirk, Spock, and Bones are all camping, and they start singing, row, row, row your boat. The end. They couldn't have got a better song to sing rather than row, row, row your boat. I mean, what else else are they going to do? Kumbaya, my lord? (laughs) That seems inappropriate with all the facts of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday? That only just now became public yeah, domain. It was, it was not, not in eighty nine. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they could have done Bat Dance. Mm. They could have did um, Bilbo Bilbo Baggins, <laughs> made well, famous by the great Leonard Nimoy. So yes. we didn't even have to get permission. It's his fucking song. Right. That would have been funny. There's an old song from the seventies. You may guys may like this. It goes like this: Bilbo. See, that'd have been great. Mm. Go back in time. Mm. Tell fucking Shatner. You know what else is great? Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. You're no. right. <laughs> so, what'd you think, Carly? Oh, my favorite characters of almost every Star Trek movie, Spock and Scotty. <laughs> uh, my least favorite character, I went with the God thing. Um, the God thing? We <laughs> don't know what it was. <laughs> Actually, it's it, in the credits. It's, it's quotation marks God. Oh, Is it really? Yeah. yeah. My favorite scene, uh, when they had to fly the shuttle into the ship without the tractor beam. Mm -hmm. My favorite line uh, was the, what does God need with the starship? And my favorite tertiary object was the ridiculous rocket boots. Not because Mm -hmm. I particularly like them, but because they made me laugh every time I saw them. (laughs) And I'm going to maybay this one. Mm-hmm. I don't hate this movie, but there are other ones I would watch before I watch this one. <laughs> Fair enough. John? Well, <laughs> uh, my, my favorite character... <sighs> he didn't think about this yet. <laughs> I, I, well, it's just there's so many characters that he loves and admires. Yeah, there's, there's so many. Pick. I'm sure. <laughs> I guess I'll go with Bones. Okay. My least favorite character is Kirk, because mm-hmm. he's a completely inept idiot. Mm-hmm. It's his charm. Okay, well, two each is on. My favorite scene mm-hmm. is when um, the whole thing where he's like, you know, I shouldn't, I should knock you on your ass, and he's like, well, if it makes you feel good, and moment hold. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line is, "Do you want me to hold him?" Yeah. It's not shoot him? No. <laughs> you laughed out loud. Because the way that his face looks, I mean, his delivery was just terrible. He like, this laughed guy's out <laughs> loud. Because well, at that point, I'm thinking, this guy's a professional actor. Like, this is what this guy does for a living. He's fucking terrible. He's also him. played this role for 60 years. You think he'd, you know. He, you think he'd be good yeah, at it. Like, he's a terrible actor. Aw, that's hurtful. But I really liked him in Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. He was great in that. <laughs> it's a great movie. <gasps> Is that everything? I think, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I got object? it. Tertiary uh, object? Oh, dick hair. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second choice. <laughs> yeah, that, that girl's hair was just... Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Ruby Rod had the same thing, but in the front. She had it in mm-hmm. the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, uh, yeah, this movie was fucking... <laughs> Dog! <a> light recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you a may-may. That's a, no, that's a hard nay. 
Hardman. It's not the worst Hardman. movie. It's not. A, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Top five. Though. It's not the worst movie Tony's ever made me watch. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not really saying much. He's made me watch some shit. <laughs> Your turn, birthday girl. Uh, my favorite character is Bones because he is my favorite Star Trek See, character. Bones. My least favorite character is all of the Klingons because I just didn't like the way they were depicted in this movie. They were either like old, sad, washed up dudes or they were like petulant children breaking the rules. Like, yeah. I like warriors. Yeah, where's that with, Klingon? With code honor. Of honor. <laughs> yeah, honor and violence. But there was none of this, and nobody had a bat lift, so very upset. Or a bat um, rang. My favorite scene is the brig escape. So, like the when they get to the brig, to when they make it to uh, the emergency message. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite tertiary object is all of Scotty's ridiculous tools <laughs> that don't actually look like they could do anything. You mean his flashlights. Um, <laughs> it remind. And my favorite line is, "Admit it, we're lost." All right, we're lost, but we're making good time. And that is the banter between Chekhov and Sulu, yes. Sulu in the opening. Because that is a ripoff from City Slickers. Because. Where Billy Crystal uses that same line. That's fine. That's great. It's we're gr- lost, making good time. But the thing I like, I like the characters in Star Trek. I don't necessarily like what they're, like the story, the plot of each. This movie seems like just a longer episode of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Which I like. And I like these characters and the way they interact. This movie is a yay for me. I do like it. I understand why other people don't like it. <laughs> but I like these characters and I just like watching what they're doing with their lives. Even if it's not so great. So, um, yay. Alright, Toby. My favorite character is Spock. Mm-hmm. Least favorite character is Kla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite line is, I need my pain. <laughs> Although second, the second one, I like that line too. The second line is after after Spock says all that shit to Kirk and pisses him off in the brig. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bones leans over and he goes, "You know what, Spock? You never cease to amaze me." And then <laughs> Spock yeah. looks at him and goes, "Nor I myself." <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't get or it. Or I like to wait. Well, that's the same like when they were at the campfire and. Um, when Spock said, well, remember, I'm half human, and Bones goes, it doesn't show. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Spock, Spock says, goes, thank, thank you, you, Doctor. <laughs> thank you. Or when they start sinking in their boots, and Kirk's like, must have been all them damn marshmallows. <laughs> Spock but, uh, and Bones' friendship is, like, my favorite thing on the planet. Yeah, I love cool. the fact that they just More so... than Scott Bakula? Yes. I love Scott. I love them more than Scott Bakula. I don't want Kevin Costner. Um, I know. Uh, I love very few crazy. things more than I love Kevin Costner. <laughs> I mean, my husband, my kids, my dogs. Costner. Carly. <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Costner. No, coffee, then Costner. All right, thanks. Depends on, depends on the day. We'll, we'll, revise, we'll revise the list later, but he's top 10, so that's important. That's pretty good. My favorite tertiary object is Cybok's rifle, which literally looks like someone quick welded some pipes together. Mm-hmm. Not even. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, mm-hmm. You know what? I think I'm going to get you for Christmas. <laughs> a bunch of pipes loaded yeah. together. Like a side box guy. Like, here you go, man. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> man. Uh, are you giving this a yay nay or a maybe? <sighs> I'll yay it. I can't, I can't maybe your birthday maybe that. Why not? You've made well, your own movie before. Well, it's because it's good. I didn't hate sitting through it. I just was... would rather have sat through other ones, but we can't pick them. All right, full disclosure: I fell asleep for about five minutes this movie, <laughs> that's all right. so I just learned I about did it. That now. Was roughness, so. I just learned about it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's what happened there." <laughs> okay, but I woke up for the end when they sang "Kumbaya." 
Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They sang Rubber Rebel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Twitter at unmovie podcast, on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs. You can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. <gasps> Do you like this movie? What's your favorite Star Trek movie? We'd like to know. Why what is my this? favorite Star Trek movie? <laughs> Spaceballs. God, I don't know. <laughs> Spaceballs. <laughs> That's not a Star Trek movie. And then tune in next That's a Star week. Wars movie. All right, then it's my favorite On the podcast. Movie. For Tony's... No. no. <laughs> <laughs> can't For Carly's pick. I can't get the damn song. For though. Elaine's... Just saying, row, row, row your boat. Row, 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 because <laughs> we did her entire catalog. Yeah. No, she's got more, but I haven't been able to watch them yet. No. She's well, got one coming in Christmas. And we're going to watch it. Yeah. It's going to be Tony's Christmas movie. Yeah. Probably. Well, it we'll, is. we'll look forward to that. You know what we need to do? We need to get Peach and Poots and Sam Rockwell together. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Father, daughter. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> get one of those studio assholes on the line. <laughs>